We got some breeze beats. We got some breeze beats. They're coming in hot, so ready or not for breeze beats. Mmm, bits. I, I was on mute. The new bowl? Mute 2. Ah, Mute 2. It's a good Pokemon. We're, we haven't been that big on the Pokemon references in the pod. I'm not a big Pokemon guy. I'm, I'm uh... I'm not anti-Pokey, but I'm I never was a big collector in elementary school and never really played the game. Not a big Pokemon man. You're not catching anything. I can catch them, but I'm not going from all of them. I, I've never caught any of them. You want to just have a like a responsible collection? I guess so. I, I, I like Pikachu. I was always a fan of Pikachu. I thought Pikachu was cute. Is that a Pokemon? Yeah, and that's an electric way to start the pod. Welcome to Braze Bits, everybody. We're in it. Wow, peekaboo, everybody. We're back into it. Welcome, Razorbacks, to episode, this episode 1,000? 1,000 minus 975. So close. That's good math. That's good, That's good, clean math. Yeah. How the hell are you, Lance? I'm doing, I'm doing great. I'm happy where this is our, our quarter-life crisis episode. Yeah. So I don't know what that entails. What does that entail, that we have to, like, update our resume? I think we got a we got a somewhat. I mean, we we know each other. We have a chemistry. We know our inside and out. We kind of kind of reinvent ourselves now. We gotta we gotta find the, the new things that we gotta find about each other. Interesting. Well, I'm at a loss because I think we're perfect. We are perfect, but we can only get better. We can only get better from here. You can keep brazing. That's the best thing about bits. You can keep brazing. You can't braise too much. Yeah, I guess give us some more spices. Give us some more seasoning. Wow, love to hear that. Love a good spicy. Adding different spices adds layers to it, adds layers to, to the profile of the taste. Exactly. Unless you're a seven-layer dip. Have you ever heard of the seven-layer dip? I've heard of this dip. I don't really get it. It's just a bunch of different things. I don't know where the layers come in, but it, it prides itself on being a seven-layer dip. I feel like it's false advertising, and it's, it's skating on the name, and nobody's called it out until me right now. whole lot of layers. I've heard of seven-layer cake. I mean, that makes sense. Those are all the same layers, but... Is it, is it seven layers or is it a different number of layers cake? It's a layer cake. Layered Hamilton. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Thanks, Razorbacks, for, for doing all all that you do. If you, if you slapped <laughs> if you slapped us a, a, a review, we thank you. If you haven't slapped us a review, think about getting silly and slapping, slapping us one. Slap us silly. Slap us around. Give us, give us some something. Give us anything. Warren Slap. Nice. Love that. Warren Slap. That's very, very strong. I, uh... You, we posted a Brazerback sandwich on the Instagram this week, the Brazebiss Instagram. So for anybody to reach out, and you wrote the caption for that one, and I feel like it was it was made clear that whoever sent you that picture didn't want to be revealed. But in your caption, you said that this person doesn't is, doesn't want, or maybe one time they will reveal their cards, which made me led me to believe you don't have to confirm or deny that this sandwich came from the nemesis, the pot himself, Eric Seidel. Yeah, I can't confirm or deny. I think you just confirmed it. And I'm going to say that, I mean, it looked it looked like a chicken, some kind of chicken sandwich. I, I couldn't tell what else was. Like, it looked good, but I didn't know what it was. That That's the mystery. There wasn't a description of what was on the sandwich. Well, who knows? Maybe it wasn't Seidel. Maybe it was an elaborate ruse that I played to make people think it was Seidel. Ronda Rousey. Rousey. Wayne, Wayne Rooney. It's possible. And I do, I do think that Seidel would want credit. He's, he hasn't shot away from, from though, though you have distorted his voice in a previous episode, but he's, he sent in an entire like itinerary of his road trip, of his state park road trip. He's not, he's not, 
shameless. I mean, he he, he loves the he loves the uh, the promotion. So it might not, it might not be Seidel. Yeah, I don't know. He's he he really isn't though. He's not William H Macy or uh, Emmy Rossum. He really he really isn't. But he was just excited about the road trip. I think he has a genuine Seidel excitement, which you don't get too often from from our pod nemesis. <laughs> sure. So you're saying. You know what the whole thing reminded me of? Have you ever seen the Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where I think it's like I think it's Ted Danson donates to some charity event but does it anonymously but everybody knows that it's him? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. And and everyone says Larry's like terrible because he needed the credit. <laughs> yeah. And Larry's saying that Ted's worse because he's just saying he's anonymous, but everybody knows it's Ted. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, you're, he's like, you're either anonymous or you're not. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like a bit like Funkhauser a little bit. You got you got a, a, a Funkhauser impression there. R.I.P. Yeah, Funkman. This one's right up your alley. Yeah. Well, Kate and I are actually watching this season, and Vince Vaughn is uh, is is heavier as as his brother. Okay, I haven't, I haven't watched the season. He's heavier, like physically heavier. He, he's no, he's like in he's he's in a few episodes. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I've heard uh, I've gotten mixed uh, reviews of this season. I've heard people love it, people hate it. I guess that's the way people uh, feel about Larry David in general on Curb that they love it or hate it. I think that's the way people feel about things. Yeah, love it or hate it, underdogs on top. That's right. Yeah, Vince Vaughn though looks. I, I mean, it makes sense because I I always just picture him from Dodgeball. That's kind of the Vince Vaughn. That I picture, and he's he's older, yeah, which makes sense because that was fifteen years ago. But I think we're so conditioned to actors never aging, right? That it was almost it was jarring. I was like, oh, he's probably like, he's probably like fifty years old now, but and he looks he looks like he's close to like around fifty. But for actors, it usually they they're fifty and they look like they're they're twenty seven, right? He and he hasn't done much. I didn't see him in True Detective. I haven't. He hasn't really done anything big. In a while, instead being in a picture with Trump. Yeah, I remember hearing about that, but I didn't remember. He was just in a, he was in a picture with Trump. He was he was in. A, he went to a Cowboys game, I believe, and he was in a suite talking to to Trump, and everyone went nuts. Classic, classical. You want to dive into uh, some highlights at first? Let's do it. You, what do you got? Wow, I just had a highlight, and I can't. Uh, you go first. I, I I wrote it down, but it's not the one that I wanted to say. My highlight is I did my first Zoom comedy show. And it exceeded all expectations. It was genuinely a great time. It was Abby Washuda, who is a good comedy friend, and took her show that she has monthly, and she's converted into a, I think it's, I think now it's actually more than a weekly sh- a show on Zoom. And there were like 60 people that came, uh, that attended the show. And she read, the thing about these shows, Corey, they have to be very well run. So it, the way she ran it, is that she had everybody, encouraged everybody to unmute themselves so that you could hear people laughing. And that, in turn, encouraged other people to laugh. It helped that the lineup was good. Um, I mean, I was you know on it, so that's never that great. But it also had Anthony DeVito, uh, Amina Amani, um, Sean Donnelly, and Andrea Jones-Roy as well. So everyone was great, and everyone did well. And it was like this... So it made me think, obviously, it's not even remotely the same as a real show. And I, I think I w- it was nice to do new jokes. I did some of the jokes that I ran on the pod last week I did, and it, they, all, they all went pretty well. It was interesting because I feel like when you do comedy shows, especially in New York City, but I think it applies everywhere, but really the most in New York, where people have, whenever you do something, when you go out, you always have a 
a FOMO of the things that you're not doing. So if you're at a comedy show, you might be saying, oh man, should I have went to this bar and met up with this person? Or should I have went to see this movie? Or should I have went to this birthday party? Or was this, a, was this the best use of my time? And you could almost sense that, I feel like, a lot of times at shows. And this was the opposite, where it was like nobody had anything else to do. And we're, we're so grateful to, to not physically be there, but to, to quote-unquote be there. It was, good, it was good to be there. It was good to be there. And you sense that people, it, it wasn't as much of that impatient, make me laugh within five seconds, or otherwise I'm going to mentally check out. People were like, I'm so happy that someone is trying to make me laugh. And it was refreshing. That's great. That's fantastic. I, uh, I had the opposite experience. I did my first ever Zoom show on <laughs> Saturday, and I, I had a horrific bomb. I felt like a bomb. Um, and I, I think because I didn't – it was, it was well-organized, and it was like um, – but it was a mix of people on mute and a mix of people also like not showing their faces, which I feel like. Yeah. But I, I didn't – I was like reading jokes, which didn't make me feel comfortable, and – it was just, I found it to be very weird. Other people did well. Um, I think if I did it again, I would want to do it where I would like just be talking and not like reading jokes and kind of like just riffing or, or doing old jokes that I knew worked. Cause I found myself, it felt like, like, like a, a real bomb where I would say a joke, pause and I wouldn't hear anything. I would, and I would have a meltdown. And I, I was going to do this for, is that a joke? But I, my opening thing was I was, I did like, I was moving my mouth and I was, I was going to pretend to be on mute. So I did that, and they were like, and the guy was like, "Oh, Jesse, you're on mute." And uh, so I was like, "Oh no, I'm just kidding. I was doing a mute bit." Then throughout my set, I apparently was having audio issues, so it was like they couldn't hear me at certain points, and that wasn't on purpose. And, he, and the guy messaged me after my set was like, "Yeah, we couldn't really hear you that well." Oh man, <laughs> well that might explain why you thought you bombed because people just couldn't hear you. It's possible. It's possible. You got to get the Verizon guy. Yeah. Can you hear me now? I started, and I think that is huge, though. And it sounds like part of it was sound, but that maybe the host unintentionally dug you in a hole, or he literally stepped on the joke. Yeah. I, I did. I started out, I, I took a microphone, and I had it. So I like did jokes in a microphone, and initially I tapped it, and I was like, is this thing on? And I was like, Abby, I think this I'm having technical issues. <laughs> and that, that did well. That's hilarious. But So that was a highlight. And then the second highlight is that Kate over the weekend, my wife, uh, my, my lovely wife, my wife, it's attack. We talked, we talked about this in a, a previous episode. Do you like me? Yeah. For the Razorbacks who didn't listen to the episode that, that Kate is a guest. I explained my stance is I think the bore at my wife is an extremely hack move. I think it's gotten so hacked that now it's come back to being funny. My wife. It's, it's just embarrassing. My Jesse is very excited about it, though, and his enthusiasm is contagious. Real like me. <laughs> but Kate made bagels over the weekend. Bagels? Yeah, she made bagels. Awesome. How'd they come out? They came out great. I ate five of them. Five? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were probably, they ended up being like more maybe like half a bagel. They were like two and a half to three, maybe. Gotcha. Was, was like the equipment. But they were amazing. And you would be happy to know that I, we had them right out of the oven, and I just had them plain bagel by itself, and it was unbelievable. See, that – now, that is – I can appreciate. You had a homemade by your wife plain bagel that was fresh out of the oven. I wouldn't – I probably – in that scenario, if my wife 
made me a bagel, I would have it plain as well. Because you got to appreciate without any toppings. But if you went to a bagel store, it's a different. We're talking a different bag, bag of nuts. One of them I had. I had five of them. The third one, we didn't have cream cheese. We decided like, oh, let's make bagels, and we didn't like go out and get extra stuff, and we didn't have any cream cheese. So cream cheese was out of the equation. We didn't have any locks or anything like that. We did have butter. I put butter on one of them. But what I did is instead of cutting it in half, I like took a bite, then put butter on it, then took another bite, then put some more, you know, that, that kind of move like you do with a roll. Love that. Love that. Little mix and match. That was great. Yeah, the monster mash. <laughs> I kind of Jamal mash burned it. Love that. Mashed potatoes. Did you, did she boil the bagels or did, how did she make them? Uh, boiled and then baked. Susan Boyle, very cool. Wow, that's, did you enjoy these more than the Bialis? Benny Agbiali? Yeah, I did. I'm very jealous. Homemade bagels sounds fantastic. We're going to give it another run. I think also our next, our next one is, uh, I mean, she did the bagels. She did the bagels entirely. I did the Bialis pretty much, but together we're going to tackle uh, Hala. Nice. Very nice. That's impressive. So that'll be, that'll be a good one. Yeah, these were and they're really good. They were like it was like crunchy on the outside, soft on the inside. They reminded me almost of Montreal bagels, which I think in a previous episode have you had them? I've had the the black seed bagel, which I believe is Montreal style. Yeah, which is like Montreal style. Montreal bagels are way better just having them as the bagel. That makes sense. It's got it's got to have the seasoning on the, on the outside. That's the way they're eating. It's all about the spice. That's right. It's all about the spice. So, Jesse, did you remember your your highlight? I sure did. This was a special one, and I, and I I wanted to really remember it. Glad I glad I got it back. I've been reading a uh, book by Martha Beck. It's called Steering by Starlight, and it's a very like uh, self inward looking book. And it's very uh, helpful getting in touch with kind of your true. Your, your true side and, and she's a life coach and a career coach and on a different subject I had lost one of my airpods this is a, a few weeks ago I, I went down the stairs in my apartment build, in my townhouse building um, and one of my airpods fell out and I couldn't find it like, I, I searched everywhere I searched the stairs couldn't find it, it took, I searched for like hours couldn't find it and I read and I, and I kind of gave up on this, these pods on this pod that I lost Fast forward to yesterday, I'm reading this book where it's like talking about you got to let go to, for things to come back to you. And it's like talking about how like you, if you follow the instructions in this book, literally magic is going to happen. I put down the book and I throw on a sweatshirt and I and out comes an air, the mysterious AirPod. I had let go of this AirPod and the AirPod came back to me. That's the magic of the world. That is that is literally, I mean, this AirPod, I'm sure, traveled the universe in these past few weeks. It's gone on vacations. It's probably taking advantage of the air, airlines prices being low. I took a, a, a jet to the Bahamas, and then I read a chapter in this book that said, you got to let go things to come back. And this AirPod, you know, it, it heard that in the universe, and it came back to your boy. I think it was actually a member of Ferdinand Magellan's crew. Think so? Yeah. It decided to sail the high seas. Its captain got murdered. It was halfway along the way, but it came back tired into the sweatshirt nothing better it was like it was one of the best moments i've had during quarantine this airpod popping out of my sweatshirt i don't even know how it's stuck in there that is huge i can't say i am that excited though because an easy solution to this is just to not have airpods and you would never lose one yeah who loses a whole headphone thing i was i'm moving forward i'm not gonna ever get i wasn't planning on replacing it i wasn't gonna get a new one because overall it's it's like, my ears aren't made for these. They pop out of my ears. When I see people going running with these on, it blows my mind. My ear shape is just not meant for wireless things. But, like, now I'm, I'm going to be more appreciative of it. I'm only going to use it when I'm sitting down and not really moving around. Yeah, I feel like I talked about this on one of the very first episodes. But I, 
I just don't it, it just seems like it's one of those technology things where the there's enough of like a market incentive to convince the general public that they're so much better. And I don't think they are. It's just cool for just just not having like when you're doing phone calls and I'm doing this, it's very light. It's very like uh, I've gone on airplanes with them and it's very just like very light in your head and it doesn't bother your ears. I think they're pretty good. Anything wireless I feel like is better than with wires. I mean I could I could write a treatise on this. I feel like this would be a whole several hours so I'm not gonna get into it. But I think there's clearly positives, but I think there are an abominable snowman amount of, of negatives as well. Give, give me a, give me one. One is that you kind of physically disconnect yourself from the it's you physically signal that you're uninterested in being present in a way that society hasn't adjusted to another way is that they're pretty expensive right you're saying wearing these in public you mean like if I- people keep them in and when they're not listening to things it, it's there's there's not as much of a social cue head when you have headphones in with a plug it's clear that you're listening to headphones you're not being disturbed with airpods people kind of walk around them in a way that it's kind of a bit a bit nebulous. Ah, that's one. Gotcha. Yeah, it's not the way I. It's not, it's not the way I use. Another it. one. It make, it makes that kind of behavior more socially acceptable, which I think is a, a dangerous way to to live. Number two, they're pretty expensive, right? Yeah. I guess if they come with something, you don't really pay for them. But like, if you replace them, they're expensive, and the battery doesn't like the battery die, and then you got to replace them. And it, it it seems like to me, it's doing the same thing that the smartphones economy is doing where they try to make you get a new one every two or three years when you don't really need it so what's that about yeah that's two reasons out of like 20 but we'll we'll uh we'll new york state on pause for now it's <laughs> fair well i just wanted to welcome back my pod to the, to the family and it and just say it all the razorbacks you gotta let go for things to come back if you what you really want you gotta let go of it for, for you to get it and that's what I've wanted my AirPod. You like Stealing by Star- Steering by Starlight? It's a good book? Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, I first heard about it on a podcast. Bo and Yang was talking about it. He's the, one of the newest cast members of SNL. Yeah. I first, it was somebody from UCB who recommended it to him. But it's, it's, just, it's a very uh, inspirational book. I enjoy it. Nice. Yeah, man. Should we jump into the t- our, our top nine this week? Yeah, let's... Um... Let's do it. Let's let's spice it up this week. Speaking of spice, I wanted to throw something at you. We didn't talk about this pre-pod. I wanted to save the pod. I don't. We don't need to do a list. But do you have before before we do our top nine? Just tell me what you want. What you really really want to tell me? There, you you know exactly where I was going with it. You didn't. You know my body. You know my inside and out. I wanted to hear your 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 number one spice girl. Um, I don't really know them to be honest. I only really know uh, David Beckham's wife. So your your favorite Spice Girl is Pop Spice. Yeah. I wouldn't have seen that coming. I am a Scary Spice guy myself. Okay. I used to be a big Baby Spice boy, but now I'm a, I'm a Scary Spice guy for life. I got to say, I don't I don't know any... I just know David Beckham's wife. You know, even back then, I only had eyes for my wife, so I can't comment. <laughs> even, I thought that was like middle school, high school? You just, you knew? That, it was like, that. well, the Spice Girls were popular when we were like uh, seven or eight, right? It feels like a long time ago. I remember loving the movie. Did you, did you see the Spice Girls movie? I didn't even know about the movie. Oh my God, the movie is unbelievable. It's, it's one of the best movies of all time. I remember they were like, because I remember they were huge. When we, I think we were like eight or nine years old. Yes, yes. Spice World, the movie, came out in 97. Yeah, so even younger, we were like seven years old. 
And I remember they were definitely like being, I didn't realize it at the time, but they were clearly being like sexualized. Right. Oh yeah. And I remember, and I remember thinking like, I'm seven years old. These adult women have cooties. I remember thinking these adult girls are making my wee go big. Yeah. So we just had different, uh, different <laughs> developmental stages. I guess. <laughs> wow. Well, speaking of developmental stages, let's talk about actual spices. I also, I want to say before we get into our top nine spices that I may have confused and, and combined spices with herb Williams, with herbs. Yeah, well, it's 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 kind of the spices and seasonings. They all go together. You all put them in a yeah in a bowl, and it's it's kind of similar. So that that's fine. I think if you do straight spices, then it gets confusing. It's spices and seasonings. Yeah, it's just interpretation ultimately. Yeah. So top at top nine spices and seasonings, which are hugely important for any of the dishes that we cook up. When you hear us cooking on this pod, huge influences due to the many spices and seasonings that we're about to talk about. Absolutely, spice of life. This pod. I'll, I'll go first. My number nine spice is mustard seeds. Love me mustard seeds. Uh, you could throw it in a vinaigrette, throw it in a dressing, a marinade. Um, I love I love kernel mustard. I feel like it's a very underrated seed. I like when you can actually see the seed in like a a sauce, but also when it's like the flavors like mashed down and uh, what's it called the, the petal and mortar, mortar and petal. Petal and mortar? Yeah, it's like a... I know what you're talking about. It's like a pistol? Is that what it's... No. It's like a... Yeah, pestle and mortar? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Sounds right. Pistol and mortar? Detroit pistols? Chauncey Billups. Big loves. Um, Yeah, that's my number nine. My number eight is chili pepper flakes. Love a chili red hot chili pepper flake. I could throw that really on anything, especially pizza. That's my number one go-to topping of adding to a pizza. I love spicy... I feel like it's a despite it's a hot spice where you can control the temperature where it doesn't it's not gonna overwhelm whatever uh, dish you're cooking. Um, it'll just add a little bit of heat, so it's the perfect kind of um, spicy seasoning to add to a dish. Yeah, when you're putting those red hot chili flakes on something, it's not spicy enough that you're gonna flee. Exactly, exactly. Though I have had a couple encounters where like I'll, I'll be using at home the tub and the thing will totally dump out onto whatever I'm making, which then things get a little spicy in the kitchen. Yeah. And then you got to take it on the other side or just hide under the bridge. <laughs> I love, I love the red hot chili peppers. So you're talking about, I think, are you talking about what I am in my mind uh, thinking as red pepper flakes? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I am. Those are additionally my top nine. They're a little higher up. I'll talk about them right now. Why not? Sure. We we got time. You doing anything right now? I'm just brazen. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I agree with them where it's like you could kind of control it, – it gives you – it's it's like driving a, uh expensive car where you feel like you could control how fast you're driving. You know, like you, you touch you yeah. push a little and you're going fast, but you could easily, yeah. easily pull back and, and pump the brakes. I like that. I think when you – when you douse pizza in red pepper, it makes it feel like it's more of a classic slice of pizza. Yes, absolutely. Especially a plain slice with like a little with some uh, chili pepper flakes. It feels classic. Yeah, like when I'm at a pizza place, it's like I gotta, I, I just gotta go to town. You gotta go to town with that half-empty thing of red pepper and that parmesan that looks kind of gross. Yeah, but you got you gotta go with it all, and you put everything on. And you say, "I'm at a pizza place right now." <laughs> That's exactly what I, I say that all the time too. I'm at a pizza place right now. You know the pizza places that 
have the garlic powder, but they put it in a, not a jar, whatever those things are called. Yeah, a container thingy. The little shakers. Yeah. The Tupac shakers. <laughs> they put them in the, in the shakers, but it's like not one with small holes in it. So if you open it and you don't know, the garlic powder just comes pouring out. Yeah. That's why I've developed, I, I usually throw a seasoning in my hand first. That's like that's that's the that's the adult move. I know, but a pizza place shouldn't make you feel like you have to babysit its process. It's true. Grow up and be a responsible adult. You should, next time, once the quarantine is done, the first thing you should do is go to your local pizza place, confront the manager, and tell him, "Look, look, man, I'm not going to babysit your garlic powder anymore. You guys got to figure this out." Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. That's what uh, one of the things that for chili pepper flakes I was thinking about is it's really good on uh, avocado toast. Add a little spice to it and it changes the whole uh, whole dish. Yeah, it's one of those things where if you get it on the right material, the surface area really does some nice work because they're flakes. Exactly. And also with red pepper, red pepper flakes on avocado toast is you were talking last week how you said you're cooking a lot of things, but it looked like slop was your word. Yeah. And I know that because Kate like was dying laughing, and I was like, "What?" Well, and she was like, "It's so funny that how Jesse said something like." <laughs> I guess the way you said slop was really funny, but, but, uh, red pepper on avocado toast, I think is a photogenic to the max move. Yeah. If you're having avocado toast and you don't have the red pepper, then it's, it's fine. But if you put some red pepper flakes and then also some sea salt, then you're a chef, you're, then you're a chef, you're a Michelin chef. Also shout out to your, uh, filet Donovan that you posted. Thank you. Thank you very much. That, that looks great. It was, it was fantastic. Made it on a cast iron uh, skillet. It ended up being delicious. Nice cut of meat. You made it on a podcast iron skillet? I sure did. Cooked it on. I uh, I got the outsides nice and seared on the outside on, a, on top on the cast iron, and then I put it in the oven. That's huge. Uh, yeah, I feel like it's really important. Initially, you get that nice Sears Roebuck, but then exactly. you, you do the online retailing for the main cooking. Exactly. And I use a lot of my top seasonings. I don't want to spoil it if I use my number two and my number one. Making this flame mignon. Okay, well let's let's hear your number seven. We sure should. Uh, my number seven is Old Bay. Uh, I love Old Bay. I sometimes forget about Old Bay, uh, but she is my my Bay Bay. She's my Beyonce. Uh, reminds me of the summertime. I'm put, I feel like for the most part I put it on fish. Um, it's got like a smoky celery flavor. Really good on shrimp, um, which is a fish. Some people might know that. It's, it feels very underrated and um, definitely, though, dominates whatever you're going to put it on. It's not really like a chili pepper flake where you can just add it on the last second. I feel like Old Bay is – it's kind of like the Michael Jordan work or the James Harden. It's not going to distribute the ball much. It's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to score, but it's going to be a lot of isolation ball. Yeah. I mean, it's, pop, it's popular in Maryland, and I feel like it fits like the Maryland profile person where they're like loud and let you know they're from Maryland. Right. Exactly. And they're like, they're like, there's no better summer than a dewy beach. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever met loud. Is that a thing? Loud Maryland people? I, I know. I, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know that. Well, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like that whole, it's, um, Del, it's like Delaware, Maryland, uh, Philly area. You know, that, that kind of, the DMV. that group DMV, DMV. Yeah. It's like, have you ever been to the university of Delaware? No, I haven't. That's kind of what I think of. Which I, I I've been there a few times. I've had a great time, um, but it's like old. It makes me think of Old Bay, and um, 
like uh crab cakes like a like a fun person but also like kind of broy partying yeah um having old bay having a good time i talk, well, i like old bay a lot and i hadn't i, I you, you said that it's easy to forget about and I, I forgot about it yeah but i don't i wouldn't have put it in my top nine because i just don't have enough it's not something i keep around and in new york it's not a new york thing so you, you don't really get it that much but when i do have it i i enjoy it yeah it's pretty underrated i i do feel like it's a identity seasoning which is rare yes Exactly. But because of that, it also it has that kind of I think slightly dark tribal element of it, where it's it's obnoxious. I was um, I watched this great interview with George Carlin. It was John Stewart interviewing George Carlin. Huh. I'd highly recommend it. I think you'd really like it. It's like ten minutes. Brian Pisano, who I talked about last pod, he has a newsletter and he shared it in his newsletter. Shout out to Brian, um, right. and he talked about. How and I agree with this so much. George Carlin talked about how he loves individuals, like individual people, but people in groups, it starts to get dangerous because all of a sudden you start wearing hats and having chants. And that's kind of like you as a person liking Old Bay, I love, but get yourself in a group of people who like Old Bay. I'm a little, I'm a little scared. Uh, I, I can, I cannot relate to that anymore. I, I, I relate to that very much. I completely agree. I think that's just how I feel about everything in general. Uh, I can deal with somebody individually and like, if I don't agree with them, but on like a individual basis, but if you're dealing with them in a group, it's uh, it's tough. Politics. Politics, politics, politics. Yeah. That's a good one. Old bet. That's a, that's a great start. I'm going to, I have a lot to live up to. So I got for my number nine, I have Lori's seasoned salt. Have you heard about this? I've heard of seasoned salt, but not Lori's. Who's Lori? Hugh Laurie? It's uh, L- Hugh Laurie. <laughs> could, could be a episode title. We'll see. I, I actually keep Laurie's seasoned salt in my own doctor house. <laughs> wow. That's big. So so it's a salt that it's it's just a seasoned salt. And I knew about it first in college. There is this um, club, I guess, that grilled burgers. That's what they were, like the Georgetown Grilling people and the burgers the club was that they grilled burgers or that was the name of the club that was the whole thing nice. it was like i guess like if, at some point i don't know i think maybe in the 80s or 90s it's like these guys like started grilling burgers and they were really good and then it became very popular um hey that's college right it's like what else are you gonna do you need burgers i guess so yeah but anyway so the burgers were very good I had a sort of um, a love-hate relationship with the, with this whole thing because did the club make it for the college or was the burgers just for people in the club? No, so they I guess they well they had their own it was like an it's organization so I don't know what they did within but they had like I, I think it was like every Friday in the spring they would set up and they would grill and you could get it, you could like buy a burger. Gotcha. The burgers were very good and they had this seasoning and they just doused it on and it was this seasoned salt. And it really made the burger. I had a love-hate relationship with this whole thing because as we were talking about, groups are a disaster. And this group was like very into the fact that they grilled burgers. And it was was kind of – I found it to be intimidating to be honest. (laughs) These are burger bullies. Yeah. One of my friends though, he would let me – sometimes he would like – he would let me cut the line or or like kind of give it to me offline. Um, Actually listens to the pod, uh, Sebastian Janikowski. Nice. Burgers. Yeah, um, but the the point of all this was that the this seasoned salt was 
so unbelievable on this burger that I started kind of incorporating it into my kitchen. And I use it for random things. I actually made some fried rice today and I put it on the fried rice. And it, it's a very good, it's like, I'd say it's like a salt on slight steroids. Love that. Love that. Yeah, it is a little bit. It actually maybe is similar to Old Bay in composition, but it's kind of overpowering in that way. Like if you put it on something, you know it's on it, but it's good. Okay. Because most salt, I mean, there's seasoned salt, but salt, like a, in general, it usually enhances the flavor of whatever the dish is. But if there's like a seasoned salt, then it becomes a different ballgame. It's like, yeah, that's, that's the, the flavor profile. It's a little cocky and arrogant. But it's undoubtedly good. Check it out. I'm sure I probably had it. I just can't picture Lori's. Number eight, I got the habanero pepper. Nice. Love habanero, a staple of many hot sauces and a staple of a lot of Mexican food, I feel like, the habanero. And it's a specific spice that I love, particularly in like hot sauces and salsas. Um, there's a burrito place by me that I really enjoy. And... They're like hot sauce is habanero and it is great. And I feel like it, it gets, it gives me a nice, not like kind of slightly numbing, but then also slightly sinus clearing. So you get kind of the best, oh, yeah. the best of every, the best of every spice effect, kind of in a way. If you get a really hot one, then you could be down for the count. Right. But I, not, not so much right now because I haven't been. We've been having spicy stuff, but not on the level of um, of some places I'll go to when I when I go out to eat a lot. It's tough to, it's tough to, to cook with your own habanero peppers because, like you said, you don't know how hot it's going to be. Exactly, it's 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 a little dicey when you're cooking yourself and trying to make something super spicy. I've done it, and it like comes out too spicy, and you can't eat it. Yeah, um, or not even too spicy. It's just like on. It's just like you have to know how to use the spices to also make sure the food tastes good. Right. That's why it's kind of crazy how like a pepper can have the same pepper can have different ranges of spice depending on the pepper. On the uh, yeah, it's the the Rory Scoville scale. Yeah, the Julius Peppers. Yeah, I love Rory Scoville. He's got a new show coming out on Comedy Central. Yeah, he's very funny. He's my favorite comedian. Your favorite comedian? Yeah. You like him better than Rob Stocky? Ah, wow! Now that you say it, Stocky's right up there. <laughs> and number seven, I've got mint. Nice. I think mint is criminally underrated, particularly for how inexpensive it is. You go to, you go, I feel like mint, I think of mint, I'm like, this is a luxury good. And then you go to the store and you could get mint for like a dollar fifty. And I'm like, this is, this is mint condition, baby. Wow. So, but are you, I don't know a lot of things that cook with mint. I, when I think of, if I wanted to go buy mint, first thing I would think of is like making like a, a tea or like a drink with mint. What would you? What kind of food would you cook with? So I put it in some sauces. Like if you're making a sauce, you put it in like a, even like a you put it in meatballs. Sometimes it kind of brings out. It just brings out this. It's a minty, undeniable minty flavor. But I think it 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 gives a, something a profile where it's like I don't even know how to describe the taste of mint. How would you? It's mint. I just think of like a like a breast mint. Like a it's like very fresh and like. Uh, like mint chocolate, mint chocolate ice cream is like very uh, refreshing. It's almost like it's like it's like it's reassuring, but it also has personality. It's not a doormat, right? Right. And I put it in. I put it in a lot of things. I'll, I'll put it as like on as a garnish on top of stuff. Like if I had it for the rice, I would have put I put parsley as like a 
uh, a garnish, but I would have put mint if I if I had it. Interesting. Yeah, I would I would really recommend it. It's it, I just think it makes things so much. It doesn't. It also it's it's not selfish. It's not a ball hog. It's not going to take the flavors away from everything else. It'll just right. work with whatever the dish is and bring out its own. It's its own thing, right? Really good mojitos. I know you're not a big drinker, but mojitos with mint are delicious. Yeah, mojitos are good. Yeah, mojitos are great. Mint is is mint probably is even better in drinks. Yeah, I think you can can really uh, it, it can start taking over a little bit. It can, it can start using all its advantages. Yeah, it could kind of. It's like unleashing it. I actually have. We have this mint tea that we've been going through, and it's really good. Love that. That's my number seven. All right, sweet. My number six, ginger. I love a ginger. Um, I only really recently started really enjoying ginger. I used to be pretty intimidated by it, especially so like the first time I ever really saw ginger was like going out for sushi and it would be next to the wasabi. And for some reason it had a stigma to me, it was the way it looked, but I started really getting, I liked ginger in like stir fries, uh, ginger in drinks, especially like in, in tea. And I, I think it, it, it does take over. It's very pungent. Like it, it, it's going to really overpower a lot of flavors, but I think it's a very underrated flavor. I like ginger beer. It's delicious. Uh, yeah, ginger. And I also, some people think I'm a ginger, but I'm not, I'm not a ginger. I, I actually have dirty blonde hair. Yeah. I am a, I do. I'm a pretty big fan of as told by ginger, <laughs> both the show and the spice. I don't have it on mine. I will share a story. Where I find it interesting when you buy ginger root. Yeah. It's like a crazy looking thing. Yeah. It looks like evil. <laughs> it looks evil. Yeah. It looks like it's something like a, a witch or something would shake at you and then you'd have a spell. Yeah. So I – yeah, my first exposure to ginger was also the pickled ginger that you get at um, sushi places. Yeah. And I'm sure at first I, – I didn't, I didn't actually start eating sushi until – I went to college. I was drunk one time, and there was sushi, and I ate it. And I was like, "This is delicious." What have I been doing avoiding this thing? This is delicious. I start having this for breakfast. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> and uh, that was my first exposure. And I was like, "This is really good." And then I started realizing, "Oh, it's in a lot of foods." It is a wild thing. To I don't cook with it much. We do have a bunch though in our fridge. When we went to one of our favorite one of my favorite restaurants in the city Mughlai, an indian uh restaurant the guy it's like a smaller run restaurant and the guy when we we picked it up it was like an, earlier in the pandemic and he did he just gave us all this ginger ginger root yeah nice yeah and you haven't used it yet yeah i think kate's used it i haven't used it i like i i, I don't i don't know for whatever reason it's, it's just not something i've incorporated into my home cooking so I'm like, I just got to get over the hump. Yeah. Like, cause the one time I tried to, and I was like, oh, you got to like grade it. And this is like, yeah. this is confusing. And it was overwhelming for me. Yeah. It's an intimidating spice. I like, uh, there's like some of these, uh, fruit or juice press places. They have ginger shots. It's very good for your immunity, your immune system. I've had, I've had one of those before. I like those. I'll never pay for one because it just feels like a ripoff, but they are great. You'll just steal from them in places? No, just Kate buys them. And then even though it's the same money, it feels like I didn't pay for it. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. My number five, Malden salt. I think that's how you say it. Mal- Malden? Malden? It's like the flaky, the flakier salt that's usually used as like an ass, like the last thing that you add to a dish. Really good on like a, a steak, a flaky Malden salt. Really on anything, salt on the chicken. But my favorite thing that is put on is uh, on cookies. I feel like throwing Malden salt on chocolate cookies or like dark chocolate 
is fantastic. It's like, it looks elegant. I don't have any in my apartment, but I feel like it's when you go to a restaurant, it's like, it feels like it's very, it's like, it feels like a special seasoning. And when it's there, it feels, feels like you're high class. Yeah. It feels like when you have, it's like you're flying high. No lie. You know it. Molded. I didn't know how you were going to land that plane, but you really got there. I, I was in control the whole time. I love that. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one. It's not, it's not something I even really thought of. There are a lot of different salts. A lot of different salts. Fat salt. But this one, I feel like, is probably my favorite salt. I was thinking about other salts to have, but flaky malted salt, if I had to pick one, would probably be it. Is that what, uh, is that what Salt Bay salts with? I think so, right? I believe so. Yeah. yeah I think so. So that is the salt. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the Bay of Salts. Salt of the Earth. Exactly. I feel like it's, uh, it's very good. I think it's one of the it's a higher end salt and it, it it doesn't take over a dish. It doesn't like you're not gonna be like oh man this this is a molten salt cookie, but you're gonna this it's, it enhances all the flavors. Have you ever watched? Uh, it's a Netflix. Well, it was a book, and then it was a Netflix show. Salt, fat, acid, heat. I've uh, I heard about that. I, I've, I've heard about. It, I didn't read it. Or I didn't. I didn't want it. The, the, the like the chef uh, Samin. Uh, I forget her last name. Uh, but she, she's. I've seen her on different on other like food cooking shows. Yeah, uh, it's a good show. I would recommend it. But like each, so there's only four episodes, and one of them is like all about salt. And I it, it, like the beginning just goes through like how salt, like how salt is made, and it's just like people taking seaweed out of the water and letting it dry. And I'm like, this is nuts. It's like it makes it's amazing. It makes me so thankful to live how we live now. You know how many millions of years it must have took for people to realize how to get salt? Yeah. I, I forget when I go in the ocean, it's like, oh, wow, there, there's salt in this water. Sometimes you forget how, like, sometimes people need to start throwing pepper in the ocean because there's too much salt. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, that, that ocean water is overly seasoned, in my opinion. God, God, God got a little overzealous. Yeah. Okay, my number four is basil. Basil, um, I love a basil. I feel like I feel about basil the way you feel about mint. I like it a lot in like tomato sauce, uh, on going top of a pizza. Feels, well, I like the texture of it. Um, put it in a vinegar. Basil, uh, I feel like it's very underrated. I don't really know what else to say about it. Art basil, basil from Austin Powers, which you haven't seen. And, uh, yeah, third basil. Yeah, I do love the missing files of basil E. Franklin. What was that? Is that a motorcycle? It was, and the motorcycle landed on my joke. That, that sounded like a, uh, a sound effect that you added while you're telling a joke. It was perfect. No, but The Missing Files of Basil E. Frank Weller was a, a kid's book that I read. Nice. Oh, no. I think I have a package. All right. We'll be back. We got some breeze It was people outside trying to get my neighbors. They were talking to them from outside the window. It wasn't even a package. Yeah, people are so obnoxious. Freaking ridiculous. But we're brazen here. They don't even know we're brazen. Yeah. Well, there. that's like the classic. It's like, well, rules are for other people to follow. Right. So you can't blame them because it's like, yeah, there are rules and social things that you have to follow by, but there are for other people. Yeah, it's not for them. Java rules. 
Jordan rules. Yeah, that was Basil. I don't think I got much more to say about Basil. Yeah, Basil is good. We actually have some. I'm not going to turn around my computer because it might mess up the sound, but we have three little basil plants growing in our window right now. Nice. I should actually get a basil plant. How long does it take to grow those bad boys? We don't know. Uh, the story's interesting. Hopefully my brother and sister-in-law don't listen to the pod. But, so they, they, uh, we, they gave us this kind of – it's a pretty cool thing. It's like a plant. Uh, it's like a, like a digital plant, I guess, almost. Have you heard of these things? No. You'll get an ad on your Instagram now that we're talking about it. Yeah. Um, but it's this thing. If you Google it, it's like a, you plug it in. And it like turns on light and it grows a plant. You put water in it. It's like a box. You put water in it. You plug it in it turns on a light and then it grows. It grows stuff. Um, it comes with basil. And then I guess you could buy whatever you want and then continue to have it grown. Um, the problem with it is that when we plugged it in, the light was so bright that it was literally blinding. And it our apartment is... Like we couldn't, there's nowhere we could put it without having to deal with this blinding light. That was, it's like, you know, when, you know, when you look at your phone and it's like super, like someone put, it it was basically someone checking their phone, maximum brightness in a movie. That's what it was. That's not worth it for Basil. No. So it's meant for like someone who lives in a house where there's multiple rooms and you just don't go in that room or or whatever. Um, But we can't do that. So we, we didn't really have any choice. We had to throw out the thing, and I felt bad. Wow. Obviously, we didn't tell them, and we'll see actually how devoted of Brazerbacks they are if they get to this. That's tough. Um, That's tough. But uh, we decided, oh well, let's let's keep the basil. So we kept the basil in like the little pods that it came in, and we just put it in cups, and we're having it grow outside or grow in at the window. Nice. So we did get something out of it. I mean, no one those grow in. Yeah, those fresh basil. Yeah. If they do listen, I'll probably end up being in trouble, but I'll, I'll do it for the pod. Got to do it for the pod. You're pulling back the curtain. And at the end of the day, it's, it's on there. It's there. Now, it was a nice gift. It was just, you know, it's it's unfortunate that the, who, you, you can't anticipate that light being so bright. Right. There's only one bright light, but there's two bright lights in your apartment. That's you and your wife. You guys are shining stars. And Gmail. The turtle. And Gmail. After, after post-surgery. Yeah. That's good. That's what Basil is... Is solid. I can't. I can't say anything bad about Basil. Six man. It's, it's always going to play well. It's coming off the bench. It creates depth on the uh, on the lineup. That's a good way to put it. So my number six is cayenne pepper. Ooh, CP. I got to say, itself, I'm not a big fan of, but it it is the ultimate. It's selfless. It's such a team player, but then it brings out its own spice. Like I don't think cayenne pepper doesn't really taste like anything except for it's like spice spicy. I, I I know I like it. I just don't know how to use it. I've never cooked with it. So what I do is I just put it in everything and put like a lot of it in everything. And then things are spicy. And that's what I do. And cayenne pepper I love because it's similar to salt in which it seems like there's a bottomless well of it. Like no matter how much you use, you still haven't used up any of it. Right. We had this small jar of cayenne pepper that was like, it was not, you know, kind of your standard jar and we use it all the time cooking and it lasted us like a year and a half and it wasn't until the quarantine where we had to get new cayenne pepper it's crazy how that works i have like a peppercorn shaker and it's still got i've had it for 30 years yeah spices really grow up with you they do like sometimes i'll like grab cinnamon and then cinnamon would be like oh my god i remember when you were a small boy (laughs) 
Oh, Grandpa Cinnamon. We used to play catch in the yard. I showed you my World War II photos. <laughs> Cinnamon's probably a little racist, but it's always good. It's always sweet. At the end of the day, it's a sweetie pie. Exactly. And it's it's just it's a product of its time. And it's like, yes, problematic, but also fun World War II. So what, what are you going to do? It's like that tough balance. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, cayenne pepper. I just – I like things spicy and I just put it on. It's it's always – it's reliable. It's dependable. It's the Chevy truck commercial of spi- uh, spices in, in my flavor profile. I got to incorporate that more. I, I don't, I've never used cayenne pepper. Is that the, the main spice in, like, hot chicken? When people make hot chicken, is it cayenne pepper? It's definitely heavily utilized, yeah. You could put it on – it'll make any – if you put a lot of it on, it'll make things really spicy. Okay. But if you if you only put it in a little, it doesn't really do much. So it is – it's it's similar in – what were we talking about? Oh, it's similar to red pepper in that way, but the more – or no, maybe – I don't know. If you put a lot of it on, it's very spicy, but if you don't put much on, it's it's kind of mild. Gotcha. CP. Yeah. Uh, number five, similar to, so you said mustard seeds. I'm going to go, I just have like mustard slash wasabi, which like, it's tough because you don't really put it on much, but I just think wasabi in general is one of the more underrated accoutrements, perhaps. Wow. Wow. I love wasabi. I, I totally forgot about it. Yeah. I just, I love wasabi so much. And I wish it was more it, – it, it got around more. I feel like it only hangs out with sushi. Yeah. I don't know. I, is it – how else can you use wasabi? I know wasabi peas. Wasabi peas. Yeah, those are good. But other, other than that and sushi, it's like it's, – it's so unique that like I don't know how else uh, you can really ingest it. I usually like to eat it kind of by itself. <laughs> Just like, like scooping up ice cream, you scoop wasabi? Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll – I have like – you know, I'll have sushi. I'm more now – I, I don't like to put sushi in soy sauce. I mean, be, because generally the soy sauce is like, it's it's like insulting to the sushi. Wait, are you being serious? You will have wasabi by itself? Oh, yeah. Well, like within the context of a, a sushi meal. I'm not just getting wasabi. Wait, wait. So you're going to get, you're going to put your chopsticks into a, a thing of wasabi and have it by itself. Yeah. Just, and then you're not, you're not going to have, are you going to have a piece of sushi after? You like chase it with some rice? Or are you just gonna like chew? I, yeah, everything. It's like a rotation. Okay, all right, all right, Jesus. Yeah, almost lost my breath there. I thought you were just like snacking on the. We'll have an appetizer of your finest wasabi. No, no, it's all, it's all incorporated. But sometimes I'll have all the sushi and the ginger, and then some wasabi is the only thing left. So I'll definitely finish it. <laughs> that's, that's wild, man. I kind of like to. I kind of like to push the edge where I'll have like, especially if it's a small amount of wasabi, I'll literally have half of it. And I'll just get that sweet rush of your nose being like numb and on fire and tingly. I love that feeling. When you have too much wasabi and it goes up your nose, that's a great feeling. It's amazing. I like that a lot. It's like I don't. It's like I don't get why uh, you know people do drugs and ruin their life. It's just like have some have a half a thing of wasabi. Yeah, that should be a PSA. Get off heroin and do wasabi. That's right. Wasabi. I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> I was actually thinking about those ads. I was thinking about those ads when I was thinking about putting in the top nine. And I think those ads might have been I've, I've been thinking about like watching Trump and watching like the way America is perceived, especially during this. I think those might have been the very beginning of the decline of America. It's like buy a beer because someone says, what's up? It's, what are you doing? And then every and then, and then it was hailed as like this genius thing. That's when you know you're going downhill as a country. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Was that, was that originally a Super Bowl commercial? Was that the first time it came out? I think so. That's crazy. 
Very crazy. It has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> it's just like, haha, idiots. And that's that's the whole that's the whole thing. Yeah. And then it, it championed it championed making no sense and having beer and uh, and then the, then that was it. We're still I'm I'm still thinking about it today. I know, and, and but I feel like it, it's been so embedded into our cultural consciousness that we haven't been able to do anything else. I feel like pop culture since then has just been yelling "What's up" and drinking Budweiser. It's similar to me as the, my wife, where it's so hacked that it turns a corner in my brain to being funny again. Like, I, I just, I like, I don't know. It's it's so, like, not funny that it's funny. Yeah. It's all right. We're in a, we're in a country on the decline, but that's, that's okay. Yeah. At least we got the beers. Yeah. Number four, I got red pepper flakes. We just talked about them. Right. A solid, nice. a solid thing. I, I like to put them on as, a, I like to put them on at the end of thing. I don't like to cook. I don't think they do much when you're cooking with it initially. Maybe they do, but I feel like they're at their maximum effectiveness sort of more towards the end. Yeah, I agree with that. It's the last, it's the last uh, thing before you eat it. I mean, it is like, it is like a layer thing though. Like, so I cook this fried rice for lunch and the way my process is I'll cook all the vegetables first. Like I'll put like the onion and this one, I had onions and carrots and like I cut up string beans, green beans and I cook them on like a hot heat and I put, yeah, I put like salt and, uh, the, the seasoned salt and cayenne pepper and then red pepper flakes. Yeah. But I just like doused it in that. Absolutely. And then I cooked everything and then I put some more on top at the end. And they, they're they good. They do make me – their best application is when you're at a pizza place and you put them on and then you eat the pizza and you say, I'm at a pizza place. Nothing bad on that. What do you think? I, I, I never said it out loud, but I always think it. I'm at a pizza place. Yeah. Whenever you have red pepper – it's like right. whenever I have, whenever I see red pepper, I'm in my mind. I'm like, should I get the calzone this time? <laughs> you gotta go pizza. You gotta go pizza. And then I'm like, well, what if I get like a cheese slice and then also the stromboli? That's a, that's a big meal. That's a big meal. Have you ever gotten a stromboli at a pizza place? Of course. Wildly disappointing, in my opinion. Depends on the place. I, I sometimes get delivery stromboli, uh, like a chicken, or it's, it's like I guess the same thing. It's like a chicken roll. It's also a stromboli. If I don't want like a chicken parm sandwich or a hero, I'll get a stromboli. It, it can be good. I feel like it, it's best as like an appetizer cut up, so you can not only have a piece. But if that's your main dish, it can be pretty overrated. Yeah, it's laborious. Wow, great use of laborious. Word of the day. Thank you. Scott Laborious. Laborious? Yeah. Scotty B. What do you got for your top three? Okay. Here we go. Drum roll, please. My number one and number two are pretty classic, pretty standard. My number three, I'm not sure how you're going to feel about it. I kind of think you're not going to like it. It's everything bagel seasoning from Trader Joe's. Uh, I've recently found out that Trader Joe's sells this. Um, so I got one and it's, it's, I love it because it, if I don't have any ideas like of how I want to season, like say eggs or, or, or really anything, you throw this seasoning on and it adds, adds a layer of, adds a layer of flavor that is delicious. And it just, it's like everything you love about everything bagel, except for the bagel. It's got all the seasonings on it. I can't find a reason why to hate it, but I'd love to hear your reason why you hate it. <laughs> it's so funny that you knew I was going to hate it. <laughs> it's like a cultural, societal thing that you're not going to like. Yeah, I hate it. I'll tell you why. 
number one, though, I will say that when we were making, we've had it in our apartment. Kate has, I think Kate, I think she likes it. I think like, we've had it before and she must have used it because we had it at some point. And yeah. she was like, I wish we had, when we made the bagels, she was like, I wish we had that everything seasoning. <laughs> and that in my mind is like, yes, that okay. is the reason why you should have everything bagel seasoning for when you are making bagels and you want an everything bagel. That to me makes sense. But an everything bagel seasoning reminds me of, have you seen, have you gotten any of these ads? There's these companies now that are, they like say like read 30 books in 30 days. Yeah. And they're like audio book summaries. Like it's like taking like Sapiens, a 400 page book and turning it into like the information you need to know, be more cultured at parties, sound better. And it gives you basically like the spark notes, but they build themselves as reading the book. And that is what everything bagel seasoning reminds me of that. It says, look, we're the seasoning. We're making your cooking better. We're enhancing the dish where it's just kind of a, a shameless shortcut. And I don't like it. When I put everything bagel seasoning on my pizza, I say to myself, I'm at a bagel store. Yeah, and why would you want why would you want to be at a bagel store? You're at a pizza place. Unless you're having a pizza bagel, which that doesn't even make sense because why would you want everything bagel seasoning on a pizza bagel? Unless you have it on the outside and then you're having an everything then you're having an everything bagel. You're having a pizza bagel on an everything bagel. That sounds amazing. And everything bagel everything pizza bagel. Everything bagel with pizza on it with everything bagel seasoning on top of it sounds unreal that you're a genius Lance and you should make that for dinner next time next time you get everything bagel seasoning in your cupboard I'll never get it Kate Kate love hey everyone it's Lance we rarely do these after pod edits but I thought this was an important point of clarification I talked to Kate my wife about the everything bagel seasoning we did in fact one time have it in our cupboard She got it because she heard the hype about it, how it was this great thing and that everyone should get it and that it will revolutionize your home cooking. And she found it to be wildly, wildly disappointing. So disappointing, in fact, that when we moved, she thinks she just threw it out because who would ever want this? So I thought it was important that I clarify this and not spread malicious lies on the pod. Thanks and enjoy the rest of the show. There's two situations where you should have it. One, when you're making everything bagels, and two, when you're having a pizza bagel, and for whatever reason, are also making bagels and want everything bagel. If you take away the seasoning, it's really just an everything seasoning. It's like an everyday seasoning that has everything in it. Well, if you want an everything seasoning, why don't you make it yourself instead of relying on big seasoning to do it for you? Why don't you make your own cayenne pepper? That's the, that society has accepted that it's okay to have cayenne pepper, and no one knows how to make cayenne pepper, so... Everyone knows how to make everything bagel seasoning. You just get sesame seeds and poppy seeds and garlic and salt. Yeah, it seems like a pretty laborious. And then when you have it together, it's it's like it, it makes it, it forces. It's also it's also kind of like a group project that nobody they didn't no one chose who they were working with. Yeah, but once they all came together, it's like oh wait, we're we're delicious. Little did we know, we all might not have worked together, but. Together, we're, we're a great unit. Now, Saul's doing all the work, and then Sesame Seeds are like, but I'm here, too. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a group dynamic. When we go back to it, people get, start becoming savages. Resentment is building strongly within the everything bagel. All right, let's, let's move on. I don't want you to get more angry. I don't want you to throw your laptop. Number two is I, I love this seasoning. I get emotional talking about it. It's 
Rosemary, aka Rosemary McGowan, aka Rose McGowan. I love rosemary. I I I love the smell of it. I love the taste of it. Uh, I love it on chicken. I love it on steak. Cooking it with steak. It's got like a lemony pine flavor. Reminds me of it's just it's got a woodsy peppery profile. Um, I could I I have it in my cupboard. I have rosemary like seasoning like crushed rosemary and then I I also have the rosemary like actual uh, spices the actual like long leaf rosemary in my fridge um it's just it, it's it's very refreshing and my num- number two spice so growing up we had our kitchen where we would have pretty much every meal wow rubber. but then we had we had <laughs> we had the living room where we would have like hot like passover seder or rosh Hashanah or Thanksgiving. And rosemary always makes me think of living room meals. Interesting. Ah, like formal dining room meals. Yeah. Cause like you're going to have chicken that's like, has like rosemary kind of yeah. uh, all over it. Yeah. And I don't know how I feel about it because in one sense it's nice, but then in another sense, it makes me like, re- like think about when I was like seven or eight years old and I was afraid of the spice girls. And my dad would be like, Lance, you got to put on nicer clothes. And I was like, I don't want to put on nicer clothes. It's just our family. And I just want to eat this dinner. So it, it, it feels a little, it feels a little contrived to me, but I respect it. And I think this is, this is a personal issue that I have to get over. Yeah. Feeling a little bit of displaced, uh, emotional trauma that you're projecting on rosemary, but overall, I, th- <laughs> I think so. But it, it's like it's like uh, it's like I'm, I'm being forced to eat rosemary, and then it's like, all right. So for dessert, we're gonna have baked Alaska. <laughs> it's in that family. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I can't I can't argue against that. But I would just say maybe open up your eyes to it and let it in. Yeah, let go of it. Let go of rosemary, and then it'll come back and you'll enjoy it. I do like rosemary. That's good. I think it's best on uh, chicken, like a lemon chicken with rosemary. Yeah. Yep. And. Yep. Combined with my number one, rosemary and my number one is my favorite flavor is garlic. Number one is garlic. I, I, I can't get enough of garlic. I don't think I've ever said to myself, this has too much garlic on it. Uh, my, fa- the, my favorite restaurant, which has got a lot of talk on the pod, Carmine's, is known for being garlic heavy. I can have it really, like, just with everything. I love garlic cloves. I like throwing garlic in the oven with a dish and, like, whole and then eating in the garlic whole. I can have a whole clove whole. Uh, I use it as soap in the shower. I, I love garlic. I can't get enough of it. Um, I lick garlic. Michael Garlic? Nice. Go, like, like Michael Golick? Yeah, or like Michael Carlick. Do you remember him? Mm. Oh. He was a comic. He was like in the New York comedy scene for a while, and then he moved somewhere. It's a deep cut, but like two people will, it'll make their, their pod. Everyone else would be like, everyone else would be like, why do I listen to this? I, I can turn this off. But, um, yeah, garlic is great, and it's within my top three. So I'll suspend comments until. Okay, but have you? Oh yeah, I'll wait till you go to the garlic. But I, I just like you can have, yeah, fire away, fire away. Have you ever said to yourself, "Oh, this is too garlicky"? Nope. Yeah, I did. My my mom doesn't like garlic. Uh, I have trouble wrapping my head around. I, I just can't. There's I've never had anything that's bad. I love gar- like garlic knots are unbelievable. Anything with garlic is, is special. Yeah, well, vampires don't like garlic, right? I don't like vampires. Nice. I don't have anything to say. You can't defend vampires, can you? Um, well, I'm not sure. I mean, if they're born that way, then what, else, what, 
what other choice do they have? They got to suck blood. It's not a circumstance I would want to be, but if you're genetically predisposed to having to suck blood to survive, then what else are you going to do? Not suck blood? I can't argue that. I guess that cool thing. I could argue with the outfits. It's like you don't have to be dressed like that. Just dress like a normal person. Right. Right. You're not born with the outfits on. Well, Jay Cruz bankrupt. Maybe they could they could hire some of the designers there and they could start wearing some, some normal clothes. Reinvent themselves? Yeah. Maybe get out of Transylvania. Maybe see the world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. So should I do my uh, three, to, three to one? No, let's skip it. Okay. All right. So you got any ads? <laughs> I'm Jay Can. I, can I can I guess? I want to guess your number one. Sure. Black pepper. Nope. All right. That would be a classic. Just a straight up black pepper. Is your number one. Black pepper isn't in my top nine at all. I think it's good, but I think that it it's a little haughty. It could really, it could really. Um, it definitely dominate. If you put too much, it can dominate. It once once you put too much, then it ruins the entire. It's it's it has self destructive tendencies. Yeah, I mean, someone said on a cooking show that like salt enhances the flavor, pepper changes it, which like it, it can change in a good way, but it's not going to like enhance whatever flavors you have. It's going to change it. Pepper is like someone if they lose at a board game and they get mad and they like take their hand and they wipe everything off and ruin the game for the rest of everyone. Yeah. I, I like that. Yeah. So I do like pepper, but I, I hate that quality. I detest and it's selfish. So I sign on my top. Now. Okay. So number three, I just got regular table salt. I didn't really want to put table salt so high cause I felt like it was kind of hacked and, but it is just, it, it just does so much important work that I couldn't overlook it. It is there when you need it. You could use it in everything. It'll it'll throw itself in boiling water and it will be happy. <laughs> I don't think it's throwing itself in. There. I think it's getting thrown. It'll volunteer. It'll volunteer to dive headfirst into boiling water, and it's not going to complain about it. I love table salt. I can't argue against table salt. I've actually never never heard it referred to as table salt. Co- like kosher table salt. I've heard like kosher, like kosher salt. It is table salt. It's on the table. Yeah. They actually, what you have to do is you have to break open the wood or the mahogany or whatever and get the salt. Right. But I think that salt is the most economically impressive item on the market because if salt costs $75, everyone would buy it. You have to have salt. But for some reason, a three-year supply of salt costs a dollar and fifty cents. Yeah, it's the most impressive thing ever. Where it could it could literally cost however much it wants to cost, but society benevolently has decided that it's going to cost thirty cents per year. Where in fact, it's it's the most val- It might be the most valuable thing in everybody's kitchen. Right, but isn't it because it's so like widely like available? Like you said, you can get it from the seaweed, you get it from the ocean. I don't, I don't care about the scarcity aspect. I'm just saying how valuable it is. It's amazing that it costs so little. Like a, like a mattress, like whatever the materials are to make mattresses, I'm sure, are widely available. But mattresses will still cost like $1,500. Right, but you're not putting the mattress on, on your eggs in the morning. Unless you want to have like smashed smashed eggs nice yeah sleep sleepy eggs my i love salt my aunt is a uh, salt obsessive and she's actually very skinny but she has salt in her purse and will bring it to restaurants and she seasons she specifically brings like chinese restaurants where they usually don't have salt on the table and she'll season the chinese food with salt that's a, a, a that's a good move you gotta salt you gotta season everything you gotta season the season the table 
season the subway rails. It's not a bad idea. I like that. Yeah, that's good. So yeah, so I, I felt I felt it was a little. It was kind of a easy one, but it's just so impressive that I couldn't ignore Love it. Love that. Number two, I got. Uh, Cien uh, Sin Chilies, I believe is the pronunciation. They are, so when you go to a Chinese restaurant, the long red peppers. You can eat those? Oh, yeah. I thought those, those like, were, you couldn't eat those. I eat them. I thought those were, like, dangerous. They're basically, so, so there's the things that, that uh, Sichuan peppercorns are, are in. Right. I believe. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Whatever. They're basically, they're basically spicy. They're, when you get Kung Pao chicken, it's, it's those, like, long turkey. yes probably ah. there so you have them and they they you know when you have certain certain types of chinese food and your mouth gets like kind of numb and tingly yeah that's what that does and i just miss it so much i mean you could i could go buy it but i just haven't they don't have i feel like you got to go to a chinese supermarket to get them they don't have them like i'm going to trader joe's i don't think they have them. right um and i just i i, I it's one of my favorite things in life to get that numbing spice feeling. And generally, you, you know, I'll get them with, um, there's some Indian restaurants where I've had them, um, but generally Chinese restaurants. Um, and one thing at Chow House, which is uh, maybe my car minds, you might say, sure. they, there's this one dish where it's, um, it's dry pot cauliflower and it's this cauliflower, which it's actually like more like almost broccoli, which is, I guess the, Chinese cauliflower, but it's really good. And they have the chilies and it, they are very hot. So I'll eat some and then I won't eat them all. Cause then my head will literally be on fire, but I like eating like just enough of them. And it, it kind of gives me, it kind of gives me the remembrance that like I'm a mortal person on this earth and this chili has great power over me. And I love that feeling of, of feeling so small. Wow. So the, the chili is almost a God, the chili God. Yeah. Chili Davis. I I didn't know that you could eat these chilies. I, I feel that I was raised being told that like if you eat these chilies, you're gonna die. They're very hot. So if you're not if you don't have a spice tolerance, it's definitely not a good idea. But if you have one, it's it's fine. Because I definitely accidentally eat them, and, and like I, I love spice. So next time I get these dishes, I'm, I'm gonna try. Yeah, I think maybe sometimes there's I'm sure there's varying levels of spice within them, like. You could have them way, way like super, super spicy, and some of them probably are not as bad. But I generally will eat them. Sometimes, obviously, if the dish is super spicy, I'll only have like a small amount. But um, I like them a lot, and I miss them, and they're so unique. And yeah. the, the numbing, the numbing feeling, plus like the way it clears out your sinuses, is worth to me any of like the discomfort. But I, I love the discomfort. Yeah, yeah. And then my number one is also garlic. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Love that. Absolutely love that. This is the same number one. I think it's the first time we've had the same number one. Yeah. I mean, pretty much echoing what everything you said, there's, it, it's just, um, I'll, I'll have it. Any, it's also really good for you. Yeah. Which is, which is rare. Rare with things that taste good. Yeah. People don't like to say, like you have raw garlic. People think it's gross. I don't really have it raw, but uh, if you cook it, I'll, I'll eat a whole clove. Definitely. I love a whole clove. It just, it's so, it, it's good for you. It it goes well in anything. You can have a lot. People don't like garlic breath. That's the thing people don't like. True. I don't, I don't care. I don't mind. It doesn't really bother me, but I know that's something people hate. So I guess you got to give it to that. But I did, I, one thing I've realized is that I guess I'm tall enough where I never smell people's breath. <laughs> Interesting. I don't think I, I I've noticed 
people's breath when it's really yeah. bad. And I don't know if it has to deal with, sometimes it's just a microphone, but doing stand-up, sometimes the microphone just smells really bad. Yeah, right? If you get, a, if you get on after a certain person, it could be bad. It's got a hot, a hot stain to it. Yeah. I don't know if it's the garlic smell, but I remember when I was little, my parents would go out for dinner and I would have a babysitter and they would come home and they would be, like smell like food. And I, just, I, lo- I remember just loving, loving that smell. It reminded me of garlic. I don't know if it would be, be smelling like garlic, but just like smelling like a restaurant like, or smelling like good food is really, really nice. Sounds like the opposite of rosemary for you. <laughs> Wait, the opposite? The opposite of my rosemary experience. Right, right, right. True. Yes. Rose, rosemary McGowan. That was a good one. I had a, I had a good time. I enjoyed that top nine. Very strong. Our first ever top one in common. And it's not one that you would necessarily think yeah. to be number one. Yeah. But it's just it's also very economical for how good it is, which is something I love. Absolutely. I also love how it's you I get it in clothes generally, but you can get it like minced. Yeah. And uh you can get it in powder. Some other way. Garlic powder, garlic powder. Oh yeah, garlic powder. I use garlic powder a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's versatile. It's it could play a different bunch of different positions. You can cut it up. One thing I like to do, I like to kind of um, like mash it. Mm-hmm. You ever do that? You take like a yeah. knife and you put the clove under and you pound yep. it. Yep. That's what I've been doing lately. I think it releases more flavor. Yeah. And well, if you cut up garlic and you cook it, then it burns it really quick. And you, you don't get yeah. burnt garlic's amazing. Yeah. I've learned during quarantine is that I've been, whenever I would cook, I've been burning my garlic. So I've learned to not burn my garlic as much. Even though. When it's burned, it's not terrible, but I feel it's at its best when it's not burned. Yeah, because if you cut and if you cut it up, it burns easier, and then I think the juices aren't like they kind of get released, so you're not cooking with them as much. Yeah, exactly. Nice. You got any ads? I don't. Do you? I sure do. We are uh, recording this on a Tuesday. It's actually a special Tuesday. It's Cinco de Mayo. This comes out on Friday, but today Cinco de Mayo, aka Taco Tuesday. Do you like tacos? Do you like Taco Fall? Do you like Tuesdays? Then you're going to love Taco Tuesdays. Get yourself some soft tortillas because everyone knows our taco shells are for crazy people. And load up on some guac, cheese, and some meat, please. Taco Tuesday. CCC, Papi Tulo. Is this an American holiday that appropriates Mexican culture? Yes. Is it delicious? Si, Papi Tulo. Me gusta mucho. Your Spanish is, your Spanish is impeccable. Yeah. Taco Tuesday. I agree that hard shell tacos are for psychopaths. Yeah, I don't. I really don't get that. It, it just—it's insane. I gotta say though, tacos in general can be delicious. Like it is a a great. It's it's a great example of something. Port, like in terms of food working together, there's perhaps no better size. It, it's small enough, but also big enough that you could get unbelievably delicious combinations of things. Yeah. However, it's too small. So you have to you have to have like three of them. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not into having three tacos. Also, these tacos are getting to be like four fifty a taco, and then you're spending fifteen dollars on where you fifteen dollars on tacos, where then you could have like the same ingredients or similar ingredients and spend nine dollars on a burrito. So it makes it impossible to get the taco. Also, tacos I feel like when you're eating them on the go, sometimes you could lose some of the taco. And you don't you don't want to lose any of the taco. I agree. You don't want the taco to fall. True. But the fact going back to like when you had those bagels uh, that Kate made, and you had butter and something else, 
if you get these small tacos, you could have three different tacos, three different flavors. It's a nice way of having you could different uh, flavor profiles. You could get a carnitas, you can get a chicken, you can get a shrimp, different spices. I don't like that. <laughs> I like to stay loyal to the one I chose. If I get a shrimp taco, I'm getting three. Really? Are you serious? Yeah. That. Come on, Lance. You don't believe that. You don't. That's not something in your heart. It's 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 not something I 100 percent stick by because sometimes there's these places and like they make you get a bunch of different tacos. But yeah, I I generally will like to go for because it, it taco it's too small for it to be the meal, and I want I want I want it to be respected as a meal. But you you're getting tacos as the meal overall, but in within the tacos you can get different kinds. Yeah, but you're not it's it's kind of like um vapid relationships on dating apps versus like a substantial one relationship. The one relationship is gonna be more fulfilling than you know, you might think you're getting your money's worth with these these flings on the dating apps, but I think you're gonna be empty inside. Well, I guess we're we're in different parts of our lives right now. You're you're locked down to one. I'm 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 out there playing the tacos. That's right. <laughs> Sweet. Wow, who knew this ad would get so divisive? Great. I do like tacos, though. They're good. Love a taco. You got an is that a joke? My is that a joke is that I saw, I've been talking the past few weeks about my Instagram ads and how I'm getting a lot of ads for therapy. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to announce that they're no longer generally about therapy, but they're now these videos that I've been getting about like faith, these like these like preachers, and they're like sponsored ads. Like I got one of them. And it, I was actually kind of like a good, I guess, sermon, I guess you would call it. But it was this guy and he was talking. He had, and I, they know they clearly know who I am because it was this guy and he lifted up his like lower leg to show a gigantic calf. And he had like someone else in the church to like come up to. And then he showed his calf and it was really skinny. And it was like some whole metaphor of like faith is about like carrying weight. And but it was just about how he had a big calf. And I was like, this is, this is the religion that I need. <laughs> so I was like, is this a joke or is this something I actually need? And I've been getting a lot of these faith-like ads, but this one was unbelievable because it was so targeted about my calves and about how, yeah. That's unbelievable. Compared to your calf, how good was this guy's calf? Well, I think his calves were the same size, but he was a much larger, more voluminously gifted than gotcha, me. Gotcha, gotcha. Wow, impressive. Have you been questioning any of your faith recently? No, I don't think so. But Instagram is like, you should be questioning your, it's similar to the therapy. Like, I didn't think I, I thought it was fine, but maybe now I'm, I'm a godless heathen. I don't know. Wow. So is it a joke? No. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Wow. Who knew? Very interesting. Um, yeah. It kind of blew my mind. Now I want to see this guy's cast. I couldn't even tell. It was like a sponsored ad, so I couldn't even like tell you the account. I guess I could have found the account, but I was so mesmerized I didn't even think about it. Wow. That's what, that's what religion does to you. It really it brainwashes you for a bit. Yeah. They're probably like, how do we get to this guy? I know. Not the quads. Not the triceps. Get him where, get him where he knows he got the confidence. Yeah. Very nice. All right. Uh, my is that a joke. I did a my first Instagram live with Freddie G., on Sunday night, he's been doing them every night. One half, one half of the model on the bench. Exactly. You you choose which one he is. Um, it was it was fun overall. We had good banter. He has like I think I mentioned he's like becoming pretty popular on TikTok. So he had a lot of like his TikTok fans in the uh, in the in the feed. I was getting I was getting a lot of like nice comments from these TikTokers saying I was cute. And then afterwards, I, I'm getting. People sliding into my DMs 
this this one specific girl, I think it's, I could be could be any could be a guy could be both uh, DMing me like nonstop, and uh, I was I don't didn't know if that was a joke or not. I couldn't tell. It's very weird. Like I, I can't tell if these people are real. Can't tell if it's like I'm getting catfish. Can't tell if like they found they watched the Instagram live and was like, oh, this guy's funny, and now I want to become a fan, or it's like this is like a, a robot or it could be a troll or it could be both. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of people don't know about TikTok, right? If it's like inflating views and likes, and then if, if things are bots, right? Yeah. There's, I'm a, I'm a hardcore Freddie G man, Freddie G fan myself. So it does make sense that his fans would be rabid and they're like, come on, you know, try out this taco. <laughs> exactly. Love, I love Freddie G. He's an absolute machine. He's a, he's a workhorse. He's, co- he's constantly churning out material. Yeah, he is. He is someone who's aggressively not human. <laughs> That's a great way of putting it. Yeah, and he's a great, and he yeah he doesn't really care about how he comes across. He goes on Instagram Live every single night, and like I'm sure some people uh, feel way about it. I think it's great. He could be. He would be an interesting guest for the pod. Yeah, because he would like he would up our Judaism quotient by so much. I feel like it would be great for ten minutes, and then it might be like a disaster. For the last 50? I don't know, but it could also be really good. Might be too much of Juno. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. I think he'd be, good, he'd be a good guest. He's got he's a relatively big sports fan. He'll get some of the references. He loves food. He's on, He's been on like a keto diet. He's lost a lot of weight, so it'll be interesting to see how... Yeah, he looks good. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, Romaine let us know, Brazerbacks, if you want Freddie G on the pod. <laughs> yeah, check him out. He's, uh, he's one of our favorite spices, Ginger. Yeah. Well, speaking of Jews, I got a QAB. Nice. I actually got – so you talked about this in your um, your one-shot, which I loved. Thank you. I think it was my, I think it was my favorite one yet. Appreciate it. it was, yeah. Um, there are a few jokes. The, uh, the Kim Jong-un joke about the mass Singer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really, uh, really got me. Um, I wrote that the, a few days before he actually like, was seen alive again. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that because no one when when I watched it, I was like, no one really knew what the deal. What's the deal with Kim Jong Un? <laughs> yeah. But um, so you talked about this, I think, or you referenced it. Um, this was like a week ago. This would be over a week ago now when the pod is published. But there was a Hasidic funeral in Williamsburg yeah. with like two hundred people, and it got broken up. And then De Blasio like broke it up personally, and then tweeted about how like the Jewish community is bad, basically. Yeah. And it's like, I find that very QAB because this is a very specific, it's the Satmar Hasidic Jew who are like the most, it's it's like its own very, very, very small thing within the context of Jews. And I think that there's this thing happening in like, I feel like it's like a recent thing where like these super, super, super specific and like ultra conservative Orthodox communities, really the the one in Williamsburg primarily, but if you, like um, is like people think like, oh, if you're religious and you're Jewish, that's what you're like, right? Exactly, and that's not really true. But I feel like De, De Blasio didn't do anything to he kind of insinuated that more, and then so also with this show, have you uh, been watching or heard of this show on Orth- on Orthodox on Netflix? Yeah, I watched all of it. Yeah, so I. Watch it. Kate watched it, but um, like people clearly think that if you're like, I guess they didn't specify that it's like again, like a very, it's like this specific Hasidic community, right? Yeah, I think people just basically think if you're Jewish and religious, this is what it is, and that's like I think such a, and also like I don't, I I really don't 
like I don't know, considering just like the the stuff that's been happening surrounding Jews recently, it's like it's, it's it feels like such a uh, a bad thing to to kind of put out there. I agree. I thought it was really irresponsible to, to Blasio to just kind of blanket statement say Jews about that. And it like just like, I agree with everything you just said. I don't know if you're. I was on Twitter uh, that day, the day after, um, and people it was trending about how like just irresponsible De Blasio was for we're just saying he should, what he should have done to say specifically like this community of Jews, like, Hasidic Williamsburg Jews should not be doing this, not just Jews in general. And if you watch the show Unorthodox, it's it's very I I, I knew a lot of um, about the Orthodox community, but it's really eye opening about just how. Um, different and like alien like to our culture that their culture is and how far away our type of Jews are from that, that kind of Jew. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, it's really sad. So like, it's like basically a result of, as far as I understand that this might be like butchering some of the, the facts, but like um, basically like a direct rea- reaction to the Holocaust where um, yeah, this group is like, okay, uh, we have to repopulate. And the only way we could do that is to not assimilate. Uh, which is true, right? I mean, I'm someone like, you know, a few generations in where it's like becoming less and less Jewish with it, with each generation. Yeah. So they're kind of taking the opposite approach and there's huge negative, uh, I guess, effects of that approach. But like, that's where it's, it stems from the Holocaust. So it's like... And, and just the... I, when I went to college, I was one of the first Jews a lot of my friends met there. So like... People like that, when they see de Blasio saying this about Jews, it's very, it's like, it's, it's not right. It makes people make false assumptions about Jews in general. Yeah. Well, I, I just, I just think it's like, there's this thing, people are increasingly thinking that like, if you're religious and you're Jewish, that's what you are. And that's like, I think such a bad, um, like a, a bad causation to, to even to, to make. Absolutely. Totally, totally agree. Yeah. I guess we do got to worry about all the Hasidic Jews who listen to this podcast. Yeah. I think I think would like this podcast. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, probably all the bacon that we talk about. I think it would be pretty eye-opening for them. Yeah. <laughs> My uh, QAB is along the same lines. Last week, I've, I've gotten the new package. This week, I'm still getting sent from a mystery person, probably one of my home friends. I'm getting a package. I don't know where it's coming from. Today, it came. I have it has a mug that says, eat a bag of dicks. And then... <laughs> Two stretch balls that are shaped like boobs, and it says "calm your tits." Wow! So you already broke it. Yeah, I've been I've been during the pot. I've been ripping it. Wow! Uh, this sounds dangerous. I think it needs reconstructive surgery. Yeah, the nipple. I've been I've been ripping at the nipple, um, which I've been told I can get pretty aggressive with the nipple with a stretch ball. But yeah, it's it's. I, I feel like it's funny, and like whoever's doing it, they're, they're spending money, which is I mean. Good for them. It's good for the lack, but they're they're talking about it in my group me, and I feel it's going to start getting like Wag Goldberg got a suggestion of sending me rotten tuna in a package, and that I mean I can't have that. That's that that would really traumatize me. That's whack. That that's that that's whack, and I will say that he's not the only one who, who's trying to do that. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. It's questionable at best. I uh, just don't. Yeah. Well, I've been I've been asked for your I've been asked for your address, and I know that there's no chance you're going to give it to me. You've been asked. so I I didn't even ask. 
Yeah, oh exactly. my god, this is this is getting this is getting to a whole level. Yeah, you're getting doxxed. <laughs> I, I at one point I kind of like getting sent stuff, but I don't mean I don't I don't know, man. It's questionable. It's QAB. No, it's Q, QAB for sure. Yeah. All right, you want to bring in the closer? Let's do it. A one, a two, a one, two, three, go. Come on. Let's get it. Come on. Come on. Come on. What? Wow, crazy ending there. That was that was wide range. It started off with dark metal, then turned into like twenties jazz. Great. Nice vocal range. Yeah, I was trying to improvise there. I don't know how it came out, but you got you got to experiment. It was beautiful. Thank you. It didn't. I don't think it's out. Last week, I think was the best of all time. Yeah. So I was trying to like. I was inspired by that, but I think I should I should have kept it simple. But that's okay. It's fantastic. I love it. You got anything to plug? Yeah, quarantine's uh, slowly ending in upstate New York. So uh, that's what's happening. You're plugging that quarantine is ending in the upstate, in upstate New York? Slowly ending. We're going to see how things go, but that's what I've got going on. So are you going to go there? No. You're just plugging, you know, just keep an eye on it? You're a plug to upstate New York because I feel like there's this tension that's forming between upstate New York and us where upstate New York is like, we're fine. It's all the city and we're like, the city has all the money, you know, and they're like, we're losing all our jobs because of the city. So give it upstate New York some love. All right. I hope I hope it goes well out there. I hope it goes well to everywhere that's opening up. Um I don't agree with it opening up, but I hope I hope it goes okay. Yeah. I don't got much to plug just plug uh my social media at J I J E I G S. Plug the pod, braze dips, share with a friend, share with an enemy. Send us a, send us something. Send us a note, send us a criticism, make fun of us, send us rot send don't send us rotten tuna. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Follow us. We're trying to do some stuff with the Instagram. Follow us at Braze Bits on Instagram. That's all we have, right? I don't think we. Maybe we should get a Twitter. I, I feel like the, I'm not a Twitter person. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a big Twitter guy. Yeah. Um. We're getting. We're getting. We're we're cooking up some stuff. Um. Yeah. So let us let us know what you what you want, and we'll uh, we'll cook it up for you. Yeah. If you want certain guests, if you want Freddie G, <laughs> if you want. Uh, Freddie G. Yeah, if you if you're making some good things in the kitchen, send us a picture of it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Great episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope everyone's staying safe. All right, peace. Bye.